So if you live in North Carolina, which I think all of you do, um, maybe there's a couple that don't, but if you live in North Carolina, we are under a month long shelter at home order, uh, which means like we're in this thing for the long haul. Um, everyday numbers of like COVID-19 infections or scares increase. Um, and they're, they're not in the realm of like my aunt's coworkers, nephew maybe has it. Um, but like my grandpa or my neighbor or my coworker or this person from high school, or like, we know the people that are getting it now there there's enough, um, cases of it. And it's widespread enough that like, it's really starting to impact us. Um, the rest of the semester will be online. Um, and so you guys are stuck at home. Um, if you're following shelter in place and like you have, uh, as I understand, most of your classes aren't doing the, this kind of thing where you log in and at this specific time to listen to a lecture or have a discussion, it's like, here's your work. It's due on May 1st. So manage yourself and get it done. Um, and you'd think with like all these restrictions on, um, on us being able to like go places and be with people and do things, uh, with all those limitations about, you know, going out, um, you would have all the time in the world to do everything that you need to do, right? Like just all this abundance of time and you wouldn't feel stressed about your work because you've just got so much time to do it. But as I've talked to you guys the past two weeks, I still hear you use words like I'm really busy. Um, I have so much on my plate right now. Um, and amazingly, like you're not on campus anymore, but your procrastination haven't didn't go away either. When you went home, like you're, you're still, um, putting off your work and you just have more time that you need to fill as you put off your work. There's this, like this, this body of work that we need to do. And because it's not due for a long time, we're just like, Oh, I'll get to it later. Or because there are no time limits on it or, or structures on it, you're like, I've got to do it all right now. Um, so with, with all this freedom, this kind of unstructured time that we have, um, you're either, I'm guessing, procrastinating or overworking. Um, it, it's, it's probably one of the two. Um, it turns out uh, our busyness and procrastination aren't just issues that we face when we're at Western. Uh, they're not just issues that you face when you're a student. Um, they're issues that, that I continue to face, um, that we face basically for our whole lives. The temptation not to do what needs to be done or to, to give our lives to that and find our significance and purpose in doing what needs to be done. Um, and according to the Bible, they're not just academic or vocational issues. Uh, they're actually spiritual issues. Uh, if you look at your handout, you've got Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. Um, this is Paul talking about the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and it's this list of things that are supposed to mark the people of God, characteristics that define Christians. Uh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. And we would love it if Paul would stop there, right? Because who doesn't want to be known as a kind person or a loving person or a patient person or, or a generous person or any of these things? Well, generous isn't on there, but you get the idea. Like they're all qualities that, that we want to be known by. Uh, but then Paul gives us the gut punch of self-control, um, that we as Christians are supposed to be defined by our self-control. 
and, and I think uh, our our struggles with schedule, either overworking or not working uh, until it's almost too late, um, fall into the realm of self-control. Um, self-control is like that fruit of the spirit that nobody really wants because it feels restrictive. It feels limiting. Uh, it, it feels like something that it's like, man, it just sounds so inauthentic. I, I want to be free. I want to be spirit led. I want to be in charge of my own life, but self-control, right? Like moderating, um, how I spend my money, um, moderating and like being in control of how I respond to other people when they sin against me. Um, and of course, self-control applies to how we spend our time. Uh, one sign I think of a maturing Christian, uh, is that more and more you are in control of your time and your tasks and they're not in control of you. Uh, because when we overwork, we're letting ourselves be controlled by what we do. When we procrastinate, uh, we're letting ourselves be controlled by those things that we want to do and neglecting our duties. But in neither case, are we the ones in control of our time or our tasks? Uh, and the way to get control of that, uh, I think, uh, or at least a helpful thing to do, um, is to have a schedule. Um, and some of you are probably rolling your eyes at this uh, or thinking like, really? Like, I logged on to large group so that Andrew could tell me to have a schedule. Um, my parents do that. I don't need to come to RUF to be told like to have a schedule. Um, my mom gives me enough guilt about getting out of bed on time. I don't need it from you too. Um, bear with me for a minute. I want to try and convince you that it's a good thing uh, and actually put it into the realm of Christian discipleship, um, not your nagging parents. Um, first, uh, I, I want us to see schedules as a gift. Um, it's something that God gives us as a gift. Uh, your next passage on there, <coughs> excuse me, Genesis 8, 20 through 22. This is after Noah comes out of the ark with all the animals. They've been, they've been in quarantine uh, in this boat for a long time, and now finally they're able to come out and go back to parks and movie theaters. And uh, they come out of the boat, and Noah builds an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Uh, God gives us the gift of this yearly cycle of seasons, this kind of predictability that that even though winter is cold and gray, it will give way to spring and things will come alive again. And even though summer, especially if you're exiled to um, Charlotte or Raleigh, like it's hot and it's swampy, but it will give way to fall and to beautiful colors of leaves and pumpkin spice, right? There's this progression of seasons that comes and gives regularity um, to our world. Um, if you're familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, at least the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, you know that like one of the signs of the curse, one of the signs that things aren't going well, is that in the land of Narnia, when the children show up, it's always winter, but never Christmas. They're stuck in this like winter. Uh, they're stuck without this progression and change that God has provided for. Uh, but in, the, uh, in his promises to Noah, he says that while the earth remains, we'll know this regularity. We'll know this schedule of seasons. Uh, but it doesn't just do it on a yearly basis. He does it week by week. 
the fourth commandment, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, uh, but just a shorter section here. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Uh, not just every year uh, as we go through these cycles of hot and cold, sea time and harvest, uh, but every week we have this cycle, this schedule uh, that God gifts to us. Uh, we need a day of worship and of rest. Uh, we need a day at the beginning of the week where we reorient ourselves to God, to the gospel. Uh, and, and from that day, from that reorientation, from resting what God has already done for us uh, and hearing about him and being reminded of him, from that we move out into the week. Uh, it's significant that we start with God's acceptance of us, with his forgiveness, right? That's what happens on the first day of the week is, is we hear that word of forgiveness from God. We're reminded of who he is, of what he's done for us, that we're accepted by him. And then we move out into the week in a way that responds to that. It's not like we're, we start the week on Monday and for six days we work really, really hard trying to earn our salvation, trying to prove we're worth something. Uh, we've already received that. We've been reminded of that, and, and Monday through Saturday then is living in response and living out of that acceptance and love and provision that's already been given to us. And so every week we have this reminder of God's goodness, of his forgiveness, of his mercy, of his acceptance of us. Uh, and then every day, um, Genesis 1, if you read through Genesis 1, there's this refrain at the end of every day, and then there was evening, and there was morning the second day, or the fourth day, or the sixth day. Um, there's this everyday rhythm of the sun going down, the sun rising, the sun going down, the sun rising. Um, every single day, um, the sun has risen in the morning and gone down at night with a few exceptions of like God messing with it uh, to show his power. But every single day the sun has set and the sun has risen every single morning. Uh, I, I think it's a daily reminder for us um, that we rely on him uh, because God could have made us not to need sleep, right? We could be awake and we could be productive 24 hours a day if God had designed us that way. But for some reason, he designed us to need sleep. Uh, and I think it's a reminder that we rely on him because we serve a God who doesn't sleep. Psalm 121, 3 and 4 say, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Um, we are able to lay down and rest, uh, to stop our work, to stop our worrying, um, to stop whatever it is. Um, and we can do that knowing that our God doesn't, uh, that he is always watching over us. He doesn't sleep. Uh, every once in a while, Sophie will wake up in the middle of the night and have a nightmare. nightmare. Um, and uh, there was one time when Trish was gone, she was at the RUF Wives Retreat, that Sophie had a nightmare and woke up in the middle of the night and I'm a deep sleeper, so I didn't wake up immediately, even though she was like crying and screaming. Um, and eventually I heard her and came up and we had this conversation in bed. And you know, she was saying, it's like, Daddy, you didn't hear me. Daddy, you were asleep. And what we talked about was Psalm 121, um, that, that even though Daddy goes to sleep, um, God doesn't. And he always sees and he always watches over her. Uh, we have that daily reminder in the schedule of sunrise and sunset. Um, God gifts us schedules, right? Yearly, weekly, daily. Um, these schedules and routines are a gift from God. And like everything God gives, it's for our good uh, and for our freedom. Uh, so I just want to talk a little bit about what a, a schedule frees us 
to do because my guess is many of you see schedules as restrictive, right? Like we schedule the things in our life that um, that we don't want to do, right? Like we schedule maybe like a dentist appointment or, um, you know, schedule our homework or schedule a study group, but like time with friends and time to play outside and time to watch Netflix and whatever else it is like that we're just going to do when we want to do. Um, I, I want to try and, and convince you that a schedule actually frees you to do all those things and to enjoy them more. Um, because a schedule, first of all, gives us freedom from guilt. Um, some of you get to the end of a day and you just feel guilty, right? Um, I spent too much time on social media and like didn't do any of the work that I needed to do. Or like, I can't believe I watched a whole season of The Office today. Or like, I just spent too much time just like farting around on my phone and just like waiting for nothing. And, and there goes a whole day. Um, tomorrow's going to be different. Or if you're on the other end, um, you know, I spent too much time working. Like I've just been studying all day. I haven't seen anybody like I need to, I need to be able to take a break. Um, a schedule, uh, helps free us from both of those things, right? It helps free us from that procrastination and it helps free us from that overwork. Uh, think of a schedule like a budget, um, something else that you should probably have. Uh, but, uh, Trish and I, when we started budgeting, uh, we have two line items in our budget. Uh, one is for Andrew's fund money and one is for Trish's fund money. Uh, and every month we get the certain amount. It's like an allowance that we pay ourselves um, and we get to use it however we want to. So if I want to go to the Bojangles drive through and buy a dorky board game, like I can do that because it's Andrew's fun money. Uh, if Trish wants to go and buy like the 18th schedule, like planner, because she's looking for the perfect one. Or if she wants to buy like, I don't know, like go thrift shopping, um, like she does for a hobby. Um, like she's free to do that because it's Trisha's fun money and she can do whatever she wants with that guilt free, right? If we didn't earmark that, like we'd be questioning, like, is this really a good use of our money? And we might buy something and feel guilty about it afterward. But because we've set it aside for Andrew's fun money or Trisha's fun money, like we can use it to enjoy things and, and enjoy things that we like guilt free. Um, setting aside money for that actually lets us enjoy it uh, without feeling guilty. Same thing with the vacation budget, right? When we go on vacation, we can enjoy a couple nicer meals. We can like do some things that we wouldn't normally do. Um, and it's vacation money and it's for that. And so we don't feel guilty spending money on like ice cream and mini golf if we have the time for it uh, on vacation. So, um, a schedule will do the same thing for you because you're probably still going to watch Netflix and you're probably still going to spend time on social media. But if you say like, this is time for work, this is time for rest, this is time for relationships, then there's a freedom that comes with that where you're not worrying about like, should I be spending that time on work? Should I be spending that time on, on exercise or other things? Uh, I'm not saying that you, you know, look at three Saturdays from now and say on this Saturday, I'm going to go to this restaurant with these people. So let's put that in a planner. Uh, I'm saying it, but if you give kind of the, the boundaries, the structures of this time is for relating to friends. I don't know who I'm going to call, um, but I'm going to call somebody and, and talk to them. Uh, that frees us from the guilt of, did I do enough work today? Or um, should I be doing something else with this time? Um, 
so freedom from guilt, but also freedom to connect with God. Uh, as I talked to you, many of you, um, before quarantine happened, uh, a common struggle that I hear is that you struggle to have a consistent devotional life. Um, and, and during the semester, that makes a lot of sense, right? You're not totally in control of your schedules. Sometimes you just have to take an 8 a.m., uh, and that's really, really hard. Um, each day looks different, right? Some days you start at nine, some days you don't start till two. And it's really hard to have any kind of consistency with a devotional life there. But but with all this freedom that you have now, what better time when you can set your own schedule to start developing a habit of a healthy devotional life? Um, this is actually what we're going to talk about the next two weeks. Uh, what does a healthy devotional life look like? How do I do that? What am I supposed to do in my daily devotions? Um, but this week we're talking about making the space for that. Um, <clears throat> so that, I mean, that's why I think it would be a really good idea for you guys to have a schedule. Um, it's a gift that God gives us that's for our good, uh, because he loves us and, uh, it frees us, it frees us from guilt over how we use our time. And it frees us to connect with God and others, uh, in a deeper way, um, but ultimately, um, as we know, our hope is not in our schedule. Um, our hope is, is not in making a schedule and sticking to it perfectly. Like that doesn't save us. Um, our hope is not in being able to function in life without a schedule. Maybe you think everything I've said is just a bunch of junk. You're going to punt it and you're like, I'm doing fine the way I am. Um, our hope is not in either of those things. Uh, but our hope is in a God who has forgiven us, right? Who has forgiven us for uh, all the ways that we have neglected to use the time that he's given us well. Um, a God who forgives us for the pride that we take, that we are such scheduled and regimented people. Uh, our hope is in Christ who has a schedule, right? When, when he ascended into heaven, he said, I am coming back. A day is set, a time is set when I'm going to return and make all things new. Jesus gives himself a schedule and says, this is for your good that I stick to a schedule and come back. Uh, and that's who our hope is in. That's what our hope is in, is in the God who forgives and has promised that he will return and make all things new. Um, you've got some discussion questions for you on there uh, for breaking out into small groups. Also on that link tree page, um, I posted a sample schedule. Um, it, it looks very full, uh, but there's a lot of flexibility and adjust it, right? It starts each day with a devotion time. Uh, maybe those work better for you in the evening. So put that in the evenings. Uh, but my challenge to you would be just to try something, um, for the rest of this week, for a week or two, um, try living with the schedule and seeing if it doesn't free you, um, to actually rest at night, knowing that you spent your time well, uh, knowing that you connected with God, knowing that you did the work you needed to do for the day, knowing that you had space to connect with other people. Um, let me pray for us and then we'll head out into small groups. Father, we thank you. Um, for your goodness to us, we thank you for the many gifts that you have given to us. Um, we thank you tonight for the gift of a schedule uh, that we get to experience both predictability and change in our lives. Uh, that as we go through the year, um, the season of fall uh, comes every year um, and yet doesn't stay all year round. Uh, Father, we thank you for that promise and for uh, being faithful to that promise. We thank you for the rhythm of a week uh, where we can rest uh, on a first day, uh, worship you um, with other believers, where we can uh, be given work to do and, um, and um, people to connect with throughout the week. 
uh, and then come back again to celebrate the ways that you've been at work in the world and in our lives and be re-reminded of your goodness to us. We thank you for daily predictability that the sun will set and the sun will rise again. And we thank you that even though we need sleep, you never do and that you watch over us. Uh, pray, Father, for these students, uh, for myself, for all of us, uh, as we try and figure out uh, what life looks like uh, without much of a schedule imposed on us. Um, Father, I pray that you would help us to be self-controlled and self-disciplined people, that we would not be controlled by our time or our tasks, but we would be in control of them. Uh, and as we use well, uh, as we spend well, as we budget well the time that you've given us, uh, I pray that you would free us uh, to enjoy that time, uh, to enjoy you more, and uh, to enjoy loving one another. Do this, we pray, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Really good to see all of you guys. Um, after your small groups are done, I'm leaving this open. If you want to come see people, chat, um, you can pop back into the main meeting room. Or um, if you got work to do or sleep to get, you can go ahead and log off. But really good to see all of you. Um, hope you'll join us for the office tomorrow night. Thanks, Andrea, for hosting and selecting. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.